I'd like to welcome you to the first day, not the first class, we're having both the classes today. <laughs> the first class on Bhagavad Gita at a glance, we will be studying chapters 1 through 9 in the first part, and the second part will be chapters 10 to 18. So this is based on this book, Bhagavad Gita at a glance. We have copies if anybody wants to get one. Oh, you want one now? Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, you see in your book there's a poster, and this poster is the whole Bhagavad Gita, all 18 chapters in one page at a glance, like that. And. Um, so it starts with chapter one, and all the sections are there, so you can see the whole chapter at a glance. And then chapter two, this, these first six chapters are called Karma Yoga, work for Krishna. And Krishna makes Arjuna fight for him without attachment. By meditating and fighting for Krishna, he becomes the greatest yogi, we find out in chapter six. It's down here. Then chapter seven through 12 is about bhakti. It's the middle of the Bhagavad Gita. It's protected. It's like a sandwich. And what do you have? The best part of the sandwich is inside, right? So bhakti yoga, the, the middle six chapters are inside between karma yoga and jnana yoga. So then you get, that's, you get the tree uh, in the middle, in the middle of the Bhagavad Gita. That's... Uh, and so then the last six chapters are called Jnana Yoga, and that is to worship Krishna through intelligence and knowledge. So it, it, we analyze. So now we're going to go to chapter one, part one. Uh, there, it's just before the battle of Kurukshetra. And Srimad Bhagavatam is after the battle of Kurukshetra. Krishna comes in. Um, driving Arjuna's chariot, and they chase Ashvatthama, who just killed the five sons of Draupadi. Okay, so we are now, now you go to chapter 1, I think that's page 12, and you see each of these, there's a lotus, hmm, there's no, yeah, yeah, no, okay, so there's no mouse. All right, look on the left side, you see, one lotus uh, with many pictures. And each of these pictures is a verse. So this book has a picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita. Um, yeah. So the first part is preparations for war. They are discussing who's on each side, which side is the strongest. And uh, Giyodhan is, is telling um, that his side is the strongest. But, now if you go to the right lotus here, you go to the right, we have signs of victory. Look in the middle there, you see Krishna and Arjuna blowing their conch shells. And look up on Arjuna's flag, we see Hanuman. 
You see Hanuman up on the flag. That's a sign of victory. And we've got Hanuman here, so there will be victory for this temple too. <laughs> and we're going to have lessons here. Another sign of victory is Krishna. He's, he's there. Wherever is Krishna must be victory. Must be victory. So that's your first lesson here. Wherever there is Krishna and wherever his devotee is, there must be victory. I'll ask you at the end of this picture, uh, what lesson did you learn? <laughs> okay, so he's blowing. I'm going to read from this book, verse 14. Both Krishna and Arjuna on chariot with horses white, with transcendental conscious, proclaim, we will win the fight. We are going to win. Because Dhritarashtra, the first verse, he was asking Sanjay, his secretary, if you look at the top of the left one, you see coming from the heart of Sanjay a picture. He's seeing the battle of Kurukshetra. He's seeing the battlefield, and he's telling what's happening. So Dhritarashtra was wondering if his sons were going to win. And right from the beginning here, it looks like not. <laughs> they're not going to win because they're signs of victory for the other side. Okay. Now, what lesson did you learn here in this picture? Huh, must be victory. Okay. They are going to lose. Now, left side, top, Bhaktavatsala. Krishna is the friend of Arjuna. Arjuna is ordering Achuta. You see Arjuna in the middle of that lotus, top left. He's ordering Arjuna. Uh, Arjuna is ordering Krishna, please place my chariot between the two armies. He's calling Krishna Achuta. Here's a lesson. Achuta means infallible. Infallible means Krishna never fails in his affection for his devotees. He's always there for his devotees. Even becoming a charioteer. So that's our first lesson. Krishna never fails in his affection for his devotees. Now in the bottom lotus, we've got uh, doubts. Arjuna's having doubts. He's hesitating to fight. He's giving so many reasons why he cannot fight. I don't want to kill my relatives. I feel compassion for them. Uh, I, I don't want the throne. You see where he's in, in 31, he's putting his hand. No, I don't want, how can I enjoy without them? Fear of sinful reactions. And uh, then we see in the left side of the bottom lotus, verse 36, all the aggressors that should be killed. And all these aggressions were done to Arjuna's family. So now we'll go to the top right lotus, destruction of dynasty. If we kill the people, then the dynasty will be destroyed. The women will have unwanted children and, uh, and we will go to hell. You see at the bottom there, there's uh, the Yamadutas um, and he's suffering in hell because he doesn't want to fight. He says, if I fight, this is going to happen. But later on, we'll see what Krishna says about that. What will Krishna say? You know, if you don't fight, you'll go to hell. <laughs> we'll see that in chapter 2. Okay, now the second lesson. This chapter one is called Vishada Yoga, which means yoga of lamentation. So Arjuna is lamenting. Lesson, if we forget Krishna, we will lament. If we think of our pleasure first, we will lament if we forget Krishna's pleasure. 
Yoga of Lamentation. Okay, what was the first lesson we learned here? Anybody remember? Um, hmm? Part two, yeah. Oh, um, Achuta, yes. He never fails his devotee. He will protect his devotee. Okay. And, yes, uh, the last lesson was what? Yeah. Last lesson, anybody remember? We forget Krishna, then we will lament. Yeah, Vishada Yoga. Don't do Vishada Yoga. I was doing Vishada Yoga yesterday because I left both my computers in Frankfurt security. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that mood, but this is helping me to get out. <laughs> I speak Bhagavad Gita. I will get out of my Vishada Yoga at least while I'm speaking. <laughs> yes, Krishna will protect his devotee. There will be victory. Yes. Now we're in chapter 2, uh, which is um, contents of the Gita summarized. First, left side is Arjuna's doubts and surrender. More doubts, more doubts, last arguments, full of confusion. What should I do? So then in verse 7, I will read verse 7. He does surrender to Krishna. So let's see what verse 7 says. <clears throat> now I'm confused about my duty. Tell what's best for me. Your surrendered disciple to you, I bend my knee. Lesson number one, to solve perplexities of life, approach a spiritual master. If you're confused, go to guru. You need a guru, that means. If you're confused about life, he will help you. Okay. So now we're going to, on the second lotus, we have first is, Krishna's first instructions. It's all about the difference between the soul and the body. And the sage, you see on the top there, he's not lamenting. Somebody died, but he's not lamenting. And then verse 12, we have always, we are all eternal. We are separate, eternal. And verse 13, in the middle, you see the change of body. The soul is going through all the bodies from baby to boyhood to youth to old age. And verse 14 is about tolerating. I'm going to read that verse. Happiness and distress are a temporary state, like winter and summer season. Just learn to tolerate. Tolerate. That's Krishna's first instruction. If you really believe you are a soul, you will tolerate. You're not the body. No. So this is the second lesson in this picture. One who knows he's not the body, but his eternal soul will tolerate. He will tolerate. Good. So, what was the first lesson we learned in this picture? What do we need Spiritual master, yeah, if you're in confusion, if you're in bewilderment, go to a spirit, accept a spiritual master. And second, you need to learn um, to tolerate, because we're spiritual beings. We're only here temporarily in this body. So, qualities of the soul, 
next, part two, chapter two, part two, qualities of the soul. That's page 28. Um, soul is never born. Here you see in the middle of the second lotus, they're trying to cut the soul, burn the soul, and wither it with the wind or moisten it with water. Not successful. Can't do it. Can't do it. No. When you get wet, you're not wet because you're the soul. If you get burnt, you're not burnt. Only your body is burnt, not you. So I'll read verse 24. The soul is unbreakable, insoluble, not dried nor burned by flame, all-pervading, unchangeable, eternally the same. Okay, now on the right side of the picture, we have Shatya's dharma. So Krishna is trying to convince Arjuna to fight because he's a Kshatriya and that's his duty. And uh, you can see in verse 33, if you don't fight, then you will go to hell. Verse that's in the right bottom, right, right, right side, verse 33. If you do not fight, you will, the Yamadudas will take you to hell because you didn't do your duty. All right, no lessons here. We'll go to part three, page 32. Um, Bhuti yoga. yoga. Now in the middle there, what is that lotus all about? You see a river coming from Krishna. Krishna is the ocean of knowledge. But the Vedas are just like wells. Previously in villages, there were different wells for different purposes. One was for washing clothes, one for drinking water. And uh, But if you go to Krishna, you'll get everything all in one. You'll get your drinking water, you'll get your water to wash clothes. You'll get So there's different kinds of knowledge in the Vedas, but they're very limited. If you go to Krishna, you'll get all the knowledge of the Vedas. Then if you go to the right side, devotional service liberates. You see in the middle there, there's a whirlpool. That's this material world. But the devotees are going out of the whirlpool. See, the devotees at the top because they're chanting Hare Krishna. That's the benefit of devotional service. If you go on that lotus, you see on the left side, top, near the top, there's somebody drowning in the ocean, looks like a devotee. And Krishna is coming to take him out. Devotional service Liberates. Okay, I'll read verse 50. By devotion you'll be free of good and bad while you're alive. It is the art of all work, therefore for this yoga strive. Okay, next, chapter 2, part 4, page 36. Mm, higher taste on the left side. See that devotee? She's giving them simply wonderfuls. Green ones. <laughs> I don't know. I guess mint flavor. <laughs> and they're forgetting about their meat, fish, and eggs. Yes, higher taste. I'll read verse 59. Yogis artificially stop senses while material taste remains. Devotees get a higher taste, automatically refrains. And so that is, that is what's happening and the lesson here is sense control can be had only by higher taste. Higher taste. First lesson. Now, second lesson, 
um, is oh, still on this uh, on the on the right side now. On the right side, we have C in verse sixty-four, like at the bottom left of that right side picture. Verse sixty-four, we have Krishna again taking devotee back to Godhead. Now, how is this devotee getting out by following the regulative principles? So this is the uh, second lesson here. By following regulative principles of freedom, you can go back to Godhead. And then you see the middle of the lotus, there's an ocean, uh, there's a, and there's rivers going into that ocean. And what are those rivers? They're all different kinds of desires. And, but the ocean is not disturbed. So the devotee, when he's chanting, so many desires may come, but he has to be like the ocean and not be disturbed by those desires. Good. What lessons here in this, in this um, picture of... The end of part, chapter 2. End of chapter 2. Follow regular principles of freedom and you'll go back to Godhead. And what was the other lesson? Sense control by higher taste. Yes, very good. Yes, you're very, you're following nicely. Thank you for hearing. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Now here when you go to chapter 3, part 1. We have Karma Yoga. This is a chapter on Karma Yoga. And the beginning is, uh, Arjuna is confused. He's saying, you know, you told me about renunciation and you talked about devotional service, which is better. And the answer is, better work for Vishnu than artificial renunciation. I'll read verse 9. Just make your work a sacrifice for Vishnu's satisfaction. Detachment you will gain and... Freedom from reaction. Sacrifice for Vishnu, yay. This is on the next side. On, oh, on the right side, I'm still trying to use the mouse, but that doesn't work. Sacrifice for Vishnu. Here we have what is the best sacrifice. Uh, there is a second lesson here, and you can see in the middle of that lotus, Harinam Sankirtan, best sacrifice. And demigods will be pleased, and they will shower everything on you. They will give you all the necessities of life. Right. So what was the first lesson we learned? That's, yeah, that's the second one. Oh, no. Oh, well, that's something, that's a new lesson you learned. There's lots of lessons. That's okay. <laughs> because uh, each verse is a lesson. <laughs> I just picked a few verses. Uh, do you remember... Any other lessons which I gave you? Harinam Sankirtan is the best sacrifice. That's a good one. And then the other one was better work for Vishnu than artificial renunciation. Okay, now we're going to chapter 3, part 2, work as example. And here in the middle lotus we have Mahaspratyaparudra sweeping the road in front of Jagannath Rathiyatra. So the lesson here, whatever a great man does, common men will follow. That's really important. Now on the right side, you see some people who are in the mode of ignorance having a demonstration. Krishna says, don't disturb them. Don't disturb them, but try to engage them in service. So here the devotee, she's got ladus now um, to give the, the uh, people in the in the protest march, uh, to give them a higher taste. Yes. So, second lesson, 
do not advise anyone to artificially renounce, but to dovetail his work for Krishna. Better to engage them in some service to Krishna. Okay, anybody know what the... I will read one. Let me read one verse anyway before I go on. Chapter 3, verse 27. Hmm. Bewildered by material modes, one thinks he does it all, but actually he is not free, but works by nature's call. Good. So, what, what lesson did you learn here in this? Welcome. What lesson did you learn here in this chapter? What great men do, common men follow. And what else, what advice did Krishna give to the preachers? Don't disturb those who are attached, but engage them in devotional service. Use their work for Krishna. Yes, very good advice for a preacher. Okay, now we're going to go to chapter 3, part 3. Um, this is, uh, here we see, work for Krishna. You see Arjuna in the middle, he's, he's taking up his bow and the chains of karma are breaking. Then we see somebody else on the right side and the chains are getting stronger. They're watching TV and smoking and drinking. They're breaking all the regulative principles. Then we see somebody at the bottom artificially renouncing yeah, the yogi, but he's, he renounces, he looks great, but then he's smoking marijuana there. Not good. So then the right side, conquering lust. Uh-oh, what happened? Oh, there, it's going, it's working. It's okay. Oh, you're going, okay, good, good. You can see better then? Okay. All right, so on the right side, in the middle of the lotus, uh, yeah, actually, we'll go to the bottom of the lotus. Here we see lust. We see lust sitting in the bottom. Where is he sitting? Senses, mind, and intelligence. Very difficult to get rid of him. But you can get rid of him. If you look in the middle there, he's chanting Hare Krishna and lust is running away. In the first part, lust is controlling everything. The sense is controlling the mind, mind and controlling intelligence. But here, it, actually the opposite. The soul is controlling intelligence, mind and senses when you chant Hare Krishna. So, conquering lust. What is the lesson? Curb the enemy lust by Krishna consciousness. And I won't ask you that because you just heard it. Chapter 4, part 1. And this chapter is Transcendental Knowledge. Knowledge of Krishna in the first part. Here we see the top right, top, uh, top left lotus on the, on the top right of the left lotus. Now, uh, we, Krishna is instructing the sun god millions of years ago. And he's telling Manu, Manu to Ikshaku. But in verse 2, the chain broke. So Krishna is... Instructing to Arjuna in verse 3, you are my friend and my devotee, so you will, I will give you this knowledge. And I'll read verse 7. Whenever and wherever there's decline in true religion, I come to bring true love of God and stop all irreligion. 
So here we have the appearance of Buddha in the bottom left. And then we have Lord Chaitanya in the middle of the lotus and everybody, even the demons are chanting Hare Krishna. The lesson here is Krishna comes to protect the devotees and kill the demons and establish principles of religion. If you understand his birth and activities, you will not take birth again. So that's the lesson here. On the right side, Krishna satisfies everyone. If you look in the middle of the lotus, you see, if you want Brahman, okay, Krishna will give you. You want Paramatma, okay, if you want to enjoy this world, Krishna will give you everything he will give you. Um, and then he, he describes the Varnashram at the bottom of the right lotus, verse 13. I created this according to quality and work, not according to birth. Quality and work. Right. Okay, so what lesson do we learn in here in this picture of chapter 4? Protect, yeah, Krishna protect, comes to protect devotees and kill the demons. The Lord Chaitanya doesn't kill the demons, so he's very merciful. He kills demoniac mentality. Here you see, even the demons are chanting Hare Krishna there on the left side. Um, all right, we're going to chapter t part chapter four, part two. Analysis of karma on the left side. It's very difficult. We see even the devotees. Very difficult for a devotee to understand karma. Here he's holding his head. Um, and the right side, karma yoga and knowledge. How to do? Yes. So here we have the devotee keeping a sannyasi in his house. And the on the right side, lotus. And the right, verse twenty one. And uh, discussing about Krishna, Krishna. Yeah. Harinam again is there. This is working for Krishna. Karma Yoga in um, knowledge. And we go to the last part, chapter 4, part 3. Then, that's page 66. Uh, we have uh, sacrifice of knowledge. All the kinds, different kinds of sacrifice are there on the left side. Lotus, so many different kinds of sacrifice. But the best is sacrifice of knowledge. You see at the top of the lotus there's the Veda, sacrifice of knowledge. But if you want knowledge, where to get it? Go on the right side. Guru gives knowledge. There you see verse 34 in the middle. Approach the Guru and learn the truth. Inquire from him submissively and render your service since he has seen the truth decisively. Okay. And that is the lesson. If you want knowledge, approach a self-realized guru. I'm going to read a little bit more about knowledge from verse 36. Even if you're sinful, if you stay in Gita's boat, crossing ocean of miseries very easily, you will float. Yes, that is verse 36. You see there's a little boat of Bhagavad Gita on the right side of yeah, verse 36. Verse 36. Okay, um, what was the lesson here? Hmm? Ye, uh, chapter 4, part 3, yeah. Approaching Guru. Yeah, you have a lesson from another part? Uh, 
Ah, right. Very good. Yeah, we can hear this so many times, and so we won't forget. <laughs> Don't forget Krishna, or else you'll be lamenting, like first chapter, Ishadi Yoga. Okay, good, very good. We're going to chapter five, part one. Karma Yoga is best. Uh, because Arjuna got confused again and he's saying which is better. Because uh, one chapter, chapter four, was about renunciation and knowledge. And chapter five was, uh, sorry, um, chapter three was about working, devotional service. So now chapter five, of course, the answer again is going to be devotional service is best. I mean, they're both good, but uh, devotional service are. Work and renunciation are both good, but devotional service is best and then we have the pros on the left side karma yoga is best so there we see in the middle Krishna is pointing to Arjuna that he should fight that's best instead of renouncing he should fight then if you go to the right lotus the process of karma yoga um, there we see the devotee distributing books in the middle that's the process of karma yoga Nighttime, if you go to the right side, he's dreaming about Krishna and Balaram. And then at the bottom, just like a lotus, a, a drop of water and a lotus, like the lotus leaf is not affected, so the devotee is not affected by living in this material world. Right. So part two of chapter five, we've got one big lotus. No, we've got two, one small one on the left and one big one on the bottom and right. Soul and super soul on the left. We are going to learn a lesson here. If you look in the middle of that lotus, you see some devotees chanting Hare Krishna. Oh, that's after. Let's go to 15. Next to that lotus, to the right, there's a, there's, um, a man and he's, he's looking at, he wants, he has some desires. He's seeing a car and a lady and he's desiring to enjoy. So how does he get that desire? Now, how does it get fulfilled? We see super soul in the heart saying, okay. And then he's going for it, and Maya will um, fulfill that desire. Maya will fulfill. So super soul in nature, nature supplies. The soul desires super soul sanctions, and nature supplies. So this is, the lesson here is the soul is responsible for the reactions to his work. You can't blame it on Krishna. I was thinking, why did you make me forget my computer, Krishna? <laughs> I have to be, I know, I'm responsible for that. <laughs> but then I pray, well, Krishna, you carry what I lack, so I like my computers. <laughs> so let's hope we can get them back. Right, so, so super soul in nature, that is the left side, and we did learn a lesson that the soul is responsible for reactions. Now at the bottom we have Super soul meditation. I mean, there's the, the middle of the bottom is verse 29. We'll talk about that later. But at the bottom, we see the yogi meditating and, and controlling his senses. The what he's eating prasad at the bottom, verse 23. Controlling his senses. And, uh, but in the middle, we have the peace formula. Three things, three parts. On the left side, Krishna is the enjoyer. We have um, 
it's right in the middle, there's this a big, big kind of picture, Harinam at the top of it. Now in the bottom left of that picture, we have a fire sacrifice. So that means um, Krishna is the enjoyer. We're doing sacrifice for Krishna. In the middle, we have demigods um, on top of different planets. Krishna is the proprietor. He owns everything. He owns everything. So if you have this mentality, Krishna's the enjoyer, Krishna's the proprietor, and on the top right of that picture, we see all these animals, but Krishna is our friend. Krishna is our only friend. So he's the enjoyer, he's the proprietor, he's the friend, and that is the peace formula, and that's the second lesson here. What is the peace formula? Verse, I'm going to read that, verse 29. Knowing me as Lord of planets, purpose of all austerities, well-wisher of all living beings, gains freedom from all miseries. Okay. So what was the first lesson we learned in this picture here. Yes. For the reaction. The soul is responsible. Yeah. He's responsible for the reactions of his work. And the second lesson was peace formula. What's the peace formula? Krishna is the what? Proprietor and he's the enjoyer and he's our friend. So nothing can go wrong if you accept Krishna as your friend. And he is your friend. He is our friend. He's all of our friends. Okay. Um, now, chapter 6, part 1. So on the left side we have neophyte to advanced yogi. So neophyte has to do work. The, see in the middle there, that's the Eightfold Yoga process. The bottom is the um, bottom two levels are rules and regulations for those who are working. Then the third level is asana. So then you you sit on your asana, and the fourth level, he's got his hands up in the air, and that's pranayama. And then the next one is patyahara, bringing the mind back to meditation. And then the last three, you are in meditation. You are meditating on Krishna. Yeah, you are a yogi. You're a yogi. Neophyte to it. He's an advanced yogi. Yeah. Hopefully he's meditating on Krishna. Some yogis don't meditate on Krishna, but we're going to hear that that's the best meditation. At the end of this chapter, we'll hear about that. Now, if you go to the right, regulations of yoga, you're supposed to go to a secluded place, control the mind, fix the mind on super soul. But most important, you have to regulate your eating and sleeping. I'll read verse 16, 17. For one who is eating, sleep, and work, and pleasure regulated, by yoga practice constantly, all pains are mitigated. So if you want to be free from suffering, then you should be regulated. That's the lesson here. Regulation mitigates all pains. And you see there's a clock here. 
in the middle, two clocks, one in the top, the, the devotee, the yogi, devotee is doing different things during different types of the day, during spiritual practices, and uh, also sleeping at one point. And then at the bottom, he's doing different services during the day, uh, where the clock says one thirty, one twenty-five. Yeah. Anyway, so this is this is uh, what. So what was that lesson we just heard about? Hmm. Regulated. Yes. So what happens if you're regulated? Uh, free from your miseries. Yes. Yes. Yeah, free from miseries. So that's really important. Um, part. Hmm, yes. Question. Yes. Exactly. Doing at a particular time or doing it um, amount of time also amount of time. Eating, sleeping, work, and recreation. Those four have to be. Um, at certain times and for certain amounts of time. Right. Okay. Now we'll go to higher levels of practice on the left side. We see that bird up there. That's Garuda. And what is he teaching us? Determination. This is a first lesson here. Determination is important in yoga practice. Aibo. Determination. And we see that below Garuda, there's a small sparrow. The ocean took her eggs, but she was determined to clear out the whole ocean with her little beak. She was so determined, Garuda came and said, I will help you. The ocean wasn't paying attention until Garuda came, because Garuda could actually do it. He could actually dry up the ocean if he wanted to. So if you are determined, then you will be helped. You will get higher beings helping you in your spiritual life. You just have to try. Super-soul realization on the right side. We see here the yogi is meditating on super-soul. And uh, if you go to the bottom left, uh, Arjuna expresses a problem. He says, the mind is like the wind. And Krishna says, yes, I know. But he will give him some way to, we'll give him some advice about that. To curb the restless mind is a difficult achievement, but it is possible by practice and detachment. So you see, there's one mind where it says mind, and Arjuna is saying, no, no, I can't do it. And then on the left, Krishna says, practice and detachment. So there he's trying, he's trying to control the mind with practice and with detachment. So this is a lesson here. Mind control is possible by practice and detachment. So that's important. Now, the last part, part three of chapter six. On the left side, we have the unsuccessful yogi. Arjuna is worried. What if I take up this practice, but then I don't succeed at the end? What happens? And there's a picture of some clouds on the left lotus right, right side. You see those clouds? Uh, the clouds, they're just falling apart. And he's saying, will that happen to me? Will I become like a riven cloud? Are you both? 
What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he's always got a nice humor. Um, so what will happen? It's showing here, uh, if you see the, the main picture on the left side of the left lotus, we see everybody chanting Hare Krishna, that there's a Harinam party going by, and there's a, uh, a couple there with a child, and the child wants to go join the Harinam. So this means the child had some devotional service in previous life. Previous life. He's naturally attracted, Krishna. So you will be naturally attracted. Don't worry. If you go to the left side of that lotus, verse 40, you can see that he, the Vishuddhas are going to protect you from the Yamadutas. Don't worry. Even if you do a little devotional service. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have one example of the Vishuddhutas. Well, it's not exactly the Vishuddhutas, but uh, somebody uh, who is protected from Yamaraj. There was one person who had a near-death experience, and they were taken to Yamaraj. And Yamaraj was asking the history from his secretary, so... What is the history? Oh, so much sinful, uh, yeah, too much sinful activity here. So Yamaraj said, but anything good? I said, yes, one thing good. When the Harinam party was going by them, they waved. She waved to the Harinam party. And the whole court of Yamaraj went, oh. And Yamaraj said, how many times? Four times. So Yamaraj said, okay. If I send you back, what will you do? I'll be a Hare Krishna devotee. <laughs> so yes, you will be protected. All, all that person did was wave at the Harinam and they were protected from Yamaraj. They got a second chance. They got like Ajamila. He, was, he chanted Narayan at time of death and he got a second chance. So whoever's sitting in this class will get a second chance. Um, <laughs> because you are hearing Bhagavad Gita you're hearing Bhagavad Gita. So, topmost yogi on the right side. We have a yoga ladder here, starting Karma Yoga, Gyana Yoga, Ashtang Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. So, the, what's at the top is Bhakti Yoga. And this is the lesson here. Krishna's devotee is the highest yogi. Does anybody remember the lesson? So, this is the lesson here. Does anybody remember the lesson from the last class, um, I'm putting the picture up here. If you can see, we learned something about controlling how to control the mind. Practice and detachment. Okay, and what lesson do we learn here on this picture, last picture of chapter six? Yeah, devotee's topmost yogi. Good. Yeah, even if you're unsu- yeah, that's a good lesson. I should I should include that as a lesson. Even if you're unsuccessful, don't worry. You will be protected by Krishna. Okay, we're going to chapter seven, knowledge of the absolute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Practice and detachment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah, a toddler, five years old. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have a toddler and, and you're trying to encourage him and he seems to take interest. <laughs> no. No. You should love your child. <laughs> but um, when they grow up, you have to be detached. <laughs> That's when the detachment comes, don't worry. Um, and when they turn teenage, then they will have their own desires. And that's when, at the age of 16, then, then the detachment will, will start to come, naturally. Um, and especially when they get over 20 and over 30. Your attachment will still be there, but they will be training you in detachment. And in fact, my son says to me, when I get worried about him, eating or something. He says, Mom, you're supposed to be detached, remember? <laughs> yeah, not when they're young. They need all the love they can get. But um, when something happens, then, then there has to be detachment. But easy to say and hard to do. <laughs> yeah. No, don't be detached from your toddler, no. <laughs> Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's, 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 that's true. That's true. Yeah, you have to... Yeah, I mean, that's what Gita says. Detach from the result. Like you can't force them. You can't, it's like you can't force the people outside. You can't force your kids either. They have to actually join when they get bigger. They have to join themselves. They have to become devotees. You have to make that decision to become a devotee. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, we're going to move on to chapter 7, part 1. Krishna is supreme. Yes. And we see here uh, in that lotus on the left side, on the right of the lotus, we see many, many people. So this is, um, out of many millions of men, hardly one knows Krishna. Hardly, very few want liberation. So we have a few liberated souls in the middle. Then hardly one knows Krishna. That's the devotee up on the top there. Very, very rare among men. Um, so, we're going to read verse 7. And see in the middle there, we're going to read verse 7 and see if you can understand it. He's got, Krishna has a bunch of pearls in his hand. Those are pearls. And it's the whole creation inside those pearls. So, no truth is above me. Of all beings, I'm the head. All things do rest on me as pearls strung on a thread. So that's Krishna. If, the pearl, if they break the string, Krishna's the string that's holding everything together. And these are, there's universes, there's demigods, there's um, fire sacrifices, but behind it all is Krishna. And he's holding it all together. And he is the one. So, now, on the right side, Krishna is the essence. He's, uh, you see in the big lotus, he's the taste of water. And, and verse 8, the light of the sun and the moon, syllable Om. And he's ability in man. 
so he's all these things. If you taste water, you can remember Krishna. Now, verse 14 is the devotee. I'm going to read it. It's at the top of the left lotus. You see all the bonds of the ro- uh, ropes of the modes of nature are being broken and devotees going to Krishna. How does that happen? We'll read verse 14. These modes belong to me, so they're difficult to flee. Just surrender unto me, easily cross it, and be free. So surrender is required. If you surrender to Krishna, you're free from the modes. And that is the lesson here in this um, picture. Uh, yeah, that is the lesson. But you always learn lessons besides these. Okay, we'll go to picture, uh, part two of chapter Seven, the impious and pious. Here we have the impious at the top left, especially at the top left. There's drinking. There's uh, the ass person. Uh, there's the scholar who doesn't know anything. Yeah, Prabhupada in Russia, he visited Professor Kotovsky. And Prabhupada was talking about, you know, karma and you get a reaction. And the professor said, Swamiji, I do not worry. After life, there is nothing. So anyway, he will find out what <laughs> what nothing means. <laughs> you do suffer for the reactions of your misdeeds. So that's really important. Um, now at the bottom middle, we have demigod worshippers. Oh, wait a minute. Let's talk about the good people here on the top lotus. Verse 16, those who surrender to Krishna. And they have some desires, but that's okay. Better you go to Krishna. Verse 16, there's a lady top and distressed, and somebody wants money underneath her. Somebody inquisitive with a question mark. And then to the right, there's the sage, or somebody who wants knowledge. So these four people do worship Krishna, surrender to Krishna, and become devotees. So... Then if you go right to the left of that, we see some bubbles with jnanis in there. And what are they doing? They're taking many, many births before they can surrender to Krishna and understand he's the supreme. It takes many, many births. So that's why we should just surrender now. Save time. Don't take so many births. Uh, Don't take so many births. So the bottom, demigod worshippers and impersonalists. Um, so we have uh, somebody worshipping demigods at the bottom of, of the middle lotus. You see, where you, if you worship the demigods, you go to the demigods. You worship Krishna, you go to Krishna. And at the top of that, in the middle lotus, we have Lord Shiva giving three babies to somebody. And uh, but behind Lord Shiva there is Vishnu giving giving those babies. And so Krishna says, "Yeah, um, you should know that I whatever they are giving is given by me alone. Is given by me." So then, if you go to the right side, top top right, we have freedom from bewilderment. Now this is a really nice place to be. Uh, but of course, Arjuna will have to fight to get that. And that is verse 28 on the right, right petal of that lotus. He's 
Arjuna is fighting. And I'm going to read verse 26. As Supreme Lord, I know everything, future, present, past as well. I know all living beings, but of me no one can tell. Good. So that is, uh, and then the last two is about many, many Sanskrit terms, which Arjuna is going to inquire about in the next chapter. We'll go to chapter 8, part 1, attaining the Supreme. Now Arjuna's questions, top left. Lotus, he's asking so many questions about Brahman, the demigods, karma, Lord of sacrifice, and how to remember Krishna at the time of death. And then in that Lotus, Krishna is also answering the first seven questions. And the last question about how to remember him, that is in the middle. How to remember Krishna at the time of death? Have a devotee chanting japa. And this is a, a really important. I'm going to read verse 6 here, chapter 8. Now we're on page 111. Whatever one will think of when his body he will quit, that thought will always stay with him and he will attain it. So, how to think of Krishna? Remembering Krishna. What does it mean to remember Krishna? In the purport, 17 times. Prabhupada says, Hare Krishna, you chant Hare Krishna, and that's how you will remember Krishna. Sometimes Prabhupada puts the full mantra in the in the ver, in the purport, sometimes twice. Sometimes he just says chanting Hare Krishna, seventeen purports, seventeen times. So that's a very important lesson here. Um, that remembering means chanting Hare Krishna. Um, so also whatever you think of at the time of death that you will attain. Now, if you go to the right side, we have a lotus. In the middle, there's a yogi chanting, Om, but he's thinking of Krishna, so he will go to Krishna. Yogis can go to Krishna too, but they have to think of Krishna. And they have to, to think of Krishna, they have to associate with a devotee of Krishna. And that's really important. And so Krishna... He's including everyone in his um, Bhagavad Gita, encouraging the yogis, encouraging karmis, encouraging the jnanis to surrender to Krishna in their own ways. Okay, so what lesson here in this picture? Yeah, remembering Krishna means chanting Hare Krishna. Very good, very good. Okay, we're going to go to chapter 8, part 2. Pure devotional service on the top left. Uh, since this world is temporary and miserable, Mahatmas always think of Krishna. So, yeah, verse, that's verse 14. And, uh, he's not going to Brahman or to the material world. He's going straight to Krishna. And they don't like to stay here. You see in the next... On, the, on that top lotus on the left, but, uh, the right right side of it, there's um, some man who looks like an old man there, having a hard time walking, and he's suffering. So this material world means suffering. So better to go to Krishna, who is up above this material world. Now at the bottom, 
let's see. Oh, here's the lesson. To be free from this miserable material world, one must always think of Krishna. And then you will go and never come back. So that's the lesson here in this picture. Now, material and spiritual worlds, that's in the bottom middle lotus. And we see the dark, dark blue. That's This world is naturally dark. It's a naturally dark place. If the sun weren't here, then we would we would not see anything. We would be in the darkness. And uh, I'm going to read verse 21. The spiritual world. Now you see above the darkness there is the spiritual world. 22 and 21. This, that world is called infallible where there is never lack and one who goes to my abode will never come back. So that's where we want to aim. We want to go to the spiritual world. It's eternal. Eternal happiness. Satisfying the soul. Here the soul can never be satisfied. Now if you go to the right top lotus, we've got different times. There's one yogi who's leaving his body in verse 24 in the right side of that lotus. And he's going to the Brahman. If you leave in the daytime, you're elevated. If you leave at night, you go to the lower planets or to the moon planet. And you have to come back again. You have to come back. So, but then, if you go to the left, verse 26, left side of that uh, lotus, we see uh, the, there's a devotee. He does, he's, you don't have to worry, Krishna says. Don't worry about the different times. Don't worry. Well, that's actually in verse 27. Here, 28 shows there's two different times, day and night. Night, you come back, and if you leave in day, you don't come back. That's if you're a yogi, not for ordinary people. Ordinary people, they'll come back either way. <laughs> if you're a yogi, then you can um, control your departure. But what about devotees? That's answered in verse 27, the top um, uh, left left side of that lotus um, that devotees don't worry Krishna takes care so then yeah one devotee just left his body a, a few weeks ago his name was Punyatama in Los Angeles he was in the hotel caught fire and he died in the fire and uh, yeah I was just reading yesterday one of my friends was posting how she went to the cremation she, the ex-wife, and the daughter went separately to the cremation. And on the way, there was a place where they were hearing kirtan. And there were no devotees there. They were hearing a celestial kirtan. And um, so my friend went back to that place and she heard it again. So the three of them heard this kirtan going on. So even though it didn't look like his death was very auspicious... But it looks like he went back to Godhead. Because <laughs> it, it looks like the demigods were, were celebrating. When you go back to Godhead, everybody celebrates. The demigods celebrate. And now in the last, the middle of the lotus in the top, verse 28, is a lesson. No, there's not a lesson. Sorry. Yeah. No. Anyway. Devotional service includes all. You can make it a lesson if you like or not. Um, because it is a lesson too. Uh, uh, so all the Varnashram is included in devotional service. And later on in chapter 12, we'll see the fast path 
you can take a fast track. Like in the airport, they have a fast track. We are on the fast track. We are not going through the step-by-step process of uh, Shuja, Vaisha, and Shachya and Ramana. That takes many, many births. Be here for a long time if you want to take that path. Okay, so what lesson, what other lesson did we learn here in this picture? Yeah, yeah, think of Krishna and then you'll go back to Godhead, right? Good, good. Okay, we're going to chapter 9. This is the last chapter that we'll do today. I mean, this in the first part. We're going to do all the whole Gita today. I, I keep forgetting, usually I do it in two days, in two, two classes. But it will be two classes, but together. Okay, so we're in chapter 9, Most Confidential Knowledge. King of Knowledge is the first part here. What's the king of knowledge? Everybody's chanting Hare Krishna and Kirtan, Hare Nam, king of knowledge. And uh, I'm going to read verse 2 of chapter 9. We're on page 121. This knowledge is most pure of all education, the king. Religious perfection, the path of joy, gives realization everlasting. Now, the lesson here from this verse 2, devotional service is joyful. That's really important because sometimes we do things and we think, oh, this is a burden to chant my 16 rounds. How many more left? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I finished 10. I'm getting there. (laughs) No. Joyful. Should be joyful. Devotional service is joyful, so be in a good mood. And if you're joyful, that will cure your diseases too. What was it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I was reading one book about health and how all your diseases are called by a wrong attitude. And they gave the right attitude that I choose uh, that to allow all my, all my experiences to be joyful and loving. Yeah, and that's to cure a, a frozen shoulder, which is what I have. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's Bhagavad Gita too. I mean, if you want to be joyful, then remember Krishna, do devotional service, chant Hare Krishna, and you will be joyful. Right. Devotional service is joyful. And then the second right part is achintya beta beta tattva. What does that mean? Although Krishna is everywhere, he's personally present in Goloka, simultaneously one and different. We see verse the middle of that lotus, 10, that he's everywhere, but he's also, he's in Goloka Vrindavan. Now that's more like verse 9. You can see here, there he's on the bottom left of that big lotus. You can see he's enjoying him in Goloka Vrindavan. But down here, people are trying to enjoy, but they're just getting karma. So that's not good. Again and again, there's creation and there's annihilation. But the spiritual world remains as it is. It's never annihilated. And that's where we want to go because we don't want to die. We don't want to die, no. 
devotee will never die. He will go to the spiritual world and live forever. He will live forever. So Chinti Beta Tattva lesson, although Krishna is everywhere, he's personally present in Goloka Vrindavan. And what was the first lesson we learned in this picture? Joyful. And what was the second lesson we learned in this picture? Yeah, although he's everywhere, he's personally present in Goloka Vrindavan. He's always enjoying. Oh, I'm going to read verse 10 before I go to the next one. Uh, this great material nature is under my direction, producing all beings in creation and destruction. Right. Okay, so we see up here the new, newcomer. This is picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> and it's based on this book, Bhagavad Gita at a Glance, which it, everything is in this book that you're seeing up on, on the... Uh, this screen here. All right. We're going to go to part two of chapter nine, left side, devotees and non-devotees. So here we have some, uh, verse 11, Krishna is coming here, but the non-devotees are criticizing him and making fun of him. Uh, so what happens to them? We go on the right side, verse 12, all their good karma, all their liberation, all their knowledge is finished because they think, I am God. That's what they think. So lesson here, atheists are frustrated in their endeavors while devotees are under protection of divine nature. If you go down on that left lotus to the right, you see Radharani protecting Raghunath Das Goswami. So this verse 13 refers to Radharani. Radharani is in Bhagavad Gita. She's called Daivin Prakriti. Prabhupada quotes this in Nectar of Devotion. Daivin Prakriti is Srimati Radharani. And devotees are happy because they take shelter of Srimati Radharani. And on the left side, we have different worshippers who worship Krishna indirectly. 14 is direct worship, always chanting, Offering obeisances to me. Uh, devotees are eternally engaged in devotional service. Nityam upasate. Nitya mukta upasate. Nitya yukta upasate. On the left side, verse 15, we have people worshipping Krishna indirectly. On the top is the Brahman, in the middle is the demigods, and the bottom is the universal form. It's, it's, it's in the shape of a dolphin. One one aspect of universal form. Now, if you go to the right, it's also about universal form, and the top is that uh, Krishna says, I am the sacrifice. Then he says, I'm the Vedas, I'm Om, I'm Brahma, I'm the demigods. I'm, verse 19, I'm immortality, and I'm death personified. And so this is Krishna. He is the form. He is the uh, what the universal form is about. And what lesson did we learn? Did we learn a lesson? Yes, we did. What lesson did we learn here in this picture? 
Yeah, they take shelter of Krishna. And? Radharani. And what about the atheists? No, nothing. They don't get anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was reading a near-death experience also. One atheist died, had a near-death experience, and he was, and he, he was, you know, the Yamadudas were getting him. He couldn't see them. It was invi- they were invisible, and he was suffering. And um, he heard a voice saying, just pray. But he didn't know how to pray, because he never prayed in his life. So he said the national anthem of, him, of his country, <laughs> and that helped. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, um, yes, we want to worship Krishna. Uh, Hare Krishna. Universe of form. Now, the end of chapter 9, demigod worshippers and devotees. Here on the left lotus, and you see different demigod worshippers are going to the demigods. Those who worship spirits go to spirits. Those who worship uh, people of this world go to there or stay in this world. Those who worship Krishna go to Krishna. And then you see up on the top right, if you study the Vedas, you go to the heavenly planets. And uh, uh, But you don't stay there. They come back down. See, they're falling into the material pool there. That's the pool of material life. The atheist is falling in and the demigod worshippers are falling and coming back here. Um, but if you worship Krishna, uh, he would make up for what you lack and protect what you have. And that's the lesson here, that he will take care, that Krishna will make up for what you lack and protect what you have. Okay, we'll go to the next, last part of chapter 9. This is called Pure Devotional Services, all one lotus, left, right, and middle. Here we have an the top right, we have, uh, if one offers me a fruit, a flower, a leaf, or water with bhakti, I will accept it. Verse 27, next one after, on the bottom of the devotee offering, is we have a whole family worshiping Krishna. Whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever you give away, you should do as a sacrifice for me. And then in verse 29, Krishna says, I'm a super soul in everyone's heart. So I give what everyone wants, but for the devotee, I'm a friend. We got Supasos, our special friend. He will protect us. And then if you go to the bottom left, we see a devotee who somehow forgot Krishna. He can't, he can't forget, actually. He's got Krishna's lotus feet in his heart, but he's breaking all the regulative principles. So Krishna says, no, um, I will protect him. I will pick you up. Sometimes devotees make mistakes. He picks them up and makes them pure. So here Krishna is coming and grabbing that devotee back to his uh, association, association of devotees. Then if you go above that, we have the women, Shudas and Vaishas. They will also go back to Godhead. It doesn't matter what your birth is. You can do pure devotional service. And uh, the end, the last verse, always worship Krishna. Think of me. Worship and of, um, worship me. Manmana, Bhavamad Bhakto, Majaji, worship me. Mamnuaskara, offer obeisances. And you will come to me. You will come to me. 
So that is verse 34. And that's the lesson here in this chapter, in this, in this picture. So I'll stop here if you have any questions. And uh, you can ask at this time. Uh, okay, previous picture, yeah. One more. Uh-huh. The top one is you see um, Krishna comes in his beautiful form, but there's, you see the donkeys on the bottom? Those are people making fun. Those are people making fun of Krishna when he comes, so they are like asses. They're compared to asses. Foolish, unintelligent people. Avajananti mamudha. Unintelligent people um, think I have assumed this human form. They do not know my form is eternal. I am eternal. So, yes, they, they say, oh, he's just a human like we are. He's just a human being. Fifteen, yeah, that is... Uh, those who worship Krishna indirectly, on the left side top, we have somebody who's a jnani. He's worship. He wants. He's worshiping the oneness. The, the oneness. The middle one is the demigod worshiper. He's worshiping. Um, he's seeing uh, many forms instead of one. He thinks they're all god. He thinks all the demigods. At the bottom is the uh, the fish. Is dolphin is actually a for a type of universal form, which is described in the. Bhagavatam, the, um, so one who worships the universal form, uh, he's also worshiping indirectly. These are three ways uh, that to to worship Krishna indirectly. Yeah, and the direct is Jagannath. There, the devotees in the middle, worshiping Lord Jagannath, offering obeisances, and, and yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, well, one time I left my original Japa Beats Chanan on by Shri Prabhupada in the London airport <laughs> in security. <laughs> and uh and then I got them back of devotee because I was on my way to Ireland. In Ireland, we went online and did everything, the recovery, and they sent it to Ireland. And then, because I don't have an address in Vrindavan, they brought it by hand. So he protected what I had. <laughs> my job of beads. I hope he protects my computers too. Um, <laughs> and he gives, he gives you what you lack. Sometimes, like I have to give a class, and I don't feel like I'm that prepared for it. And I could, and then when I'm giving the class, then I so many things come in my mind. And sometimes people ask questions, and I get the answer, which I didn't really know before. <laughs> but the answer comes. So Krishna gives what you lack. He carries what you lack. And that way. Also, if you, because we don't feel qualified to do our service sometimes, so that's all right. You just try, and Krishna will help. He will carry what you lack. Any other? Yes. 
Which part? Which? Part three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Krishna is the source of all the demigods that we learn in chapter 7. So if you worship Lord Shiva, there is a problem that um, he can certainly fulfill your desires, your material desires. But he cannot give you liberation. So if you worship Krishna... He can fulfill your desires and give you liberation too and take you back to Godhead. Because even Lord Shiva has to die at the end of this uh, creation. All the demigods have to die. Shiva goes to the end of creation, but other ones, they die sooner. <laughs> Indra, after 14, after one Manu, uh, 72 yuga cycles, he has to die. So the problem is, but if you worship Lord Shiva to help in your service for Krishna, then that's correct worship. That's correct worship. Lord Shiva, please um, give me um, your, your protection so I can serve Lord Krishna better. Please give me your protection. Um, because he's, he's good in, in protecting. I know many people in devotees in India who were, used to worship Lord Shiva very nicely in their childhood, and, and then Lord Shiva brought them to Krishna. So, yes, we, we worship Lord Shiva by chanting the Brahma Samhita prayers that Lord Shiva is a subjective portion of Krishna in charge of destruction. So the gopis, they worshipped Durga, Katyayani, to get Krishna as their husband. And in Vrindavan, they worship Lord Shiva because he is the um, Chokidar for Vrindavan. He's, unless you uh, please him, you cannot get into Vrindavan. <laughs> so there's his form as Gopishwar here, where he actually joined, he's a Chokidar for the Raslila too. He took a female form and for Krishna's Raslila, he stopped anyone who doesn't belong there. So same with Rindavan. He's a Chachapala. He's, he's a, a bodyguard. He's a um, guard at the gate to Rindavan. He's also our guru. He, the, there's Sampradaya. There's a Shiva Sampradaya. Ruja Sampradaya. And if you read in Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Lord Shiva preaches pure devotional service uh, and he has prayers to Lord Krishna which are very beautiful prayers and you can sing those for protection. Chapter 24 of Canto 4. But wrong worship is to worship Shiva without Krishna. If you worship Shiva without connection to Krishna then you will have to come back, you will have to go to Lord Shiva, his planet in the material world. If you connect Lord Shiva with Krishna, then everything will be successful. Yes. So, any other questions? So, should we have... Okay, we'll go to the next part. Is that okay? Should we... Or should we stop for a break? Five minutes break? 
Uh, he, is, he is the origin. Krishna is the origin of the demigods. Here we see in the middle lotus that he's the sages, the demigods, the kumaras. Krishna is the origin. Then if you go to the bottom, four five, he's the origin of all the qualities, even fear and fearlessness, knowledge, intelligence, forgiveness, faith, birth, death. He's the origin of everything. And uh, if you know Krishna is the origin, what will you do? You go to the right side. We have the Chatur Sloki, seed verses, four seed verses of Bhagavad Gita. From these verses, the whole Gita comes. So top is verse 8. Verse 8 is about how Krishna is the origin. He says, uh, everything emanates from me. There you see the creation. And then if you go down to verse 9, you see the six Goswamis. So if you know that Krishna is the origin, you will worship Krishna. And you will discuss about him and, have, and be happy discussing about Krishna. Very happy. So that's verse 9, uh, satisfied and happy. And this pleases Krishna. As you go to the bottom of that lotus, you see uh, Krishna is in the heart and he's giving knowledge. How to go to him, if you go up to verse 11 on the left of that lotus, uh, Krishna shines in your heart the, sh the torchlight of knowledge. And it's Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is our knowledge here today. It's shining in the heart. Shining in the heart. And the lesson is, I'm going to read verse 9 first. My surrendered pure devotees always think of me. Their happiness is always to converse about me lesson is by performing pure devotional service constantly one pleases Krishna and gets enlightenment in the heart okay so the next chap, uh, next part Arjuna's request Arjuna wants to see the all opulent, he wants knowledge of the opulences next chapter he'll want to see them this chapter he just wants to know about them so he's asking different questions to Krishna about his opulences. So then on the right, we see some of the opulences of Krishna. Krishna says, here he says, I'm Lord Shiva. Up on the top right, whoops, chapter 10. Part 2, top right. Yeah, now the mouse did something. <laughs> anyway, change pictures. Uh, so then we go, or I'm going to read verse 25, because that's about Japa. And that's really one of the most important things in our mind. Of vibrations I have om, of sages brigo of great fame, I am immovable Himalayas, I am chanting of the holy name. Okay, so you see the Mahamantra down in the middle, kind of on the right lotus. And on top of Mahamantra there's Garuda, oh yeah, there's also Himalayas and Om. There's Garuda, there's the sun, the moon, I'm the light of the sun and the moon. And then we have the horse, and the elephant of Indra, and we have the king. Then at the bottom, he's the Surabhikau, he's Kandarpa, god of love. And so these are all the opulences of Krishna. Uh, and there's a snake, there's Vasuki there, uh, next to Kandarpa. Now if we go to part three of chapter 10, more opulences, we see right next to that sign, there's of purifiers, I am the wind. And uh, 
He says, I'm Shiva, Vishnu, and Brahma. And if you go to the right, we see nine faces of ladies, seven faces of ladies. Among women, I'm faith, fortune, memory, intelligence, faithfulness, and patience. And I am, he says, I am death and, again, immortality personified. Uh, okay, and then we have uh, Vasuki. Is that Vasuki? What, who's, which snake is that? I wonder. Anyway, there's Shesha Nag, probably Ananta. And then if we go to the right lotus, well, before that, I'm going to read a verse, verse 36. And that is, this. there's a sun. If you go on the, the, near the bottom of the left lotus, you see a, a strong man. He's strength of the strong, and he's gambling. I'm the gambling of the cheats, of the splendid. I'm the splendor of months, November, December. I'm spring amongst the seasons. Oh, sorry, no. I'm the strength of the strong. I'm victory and adventure. Okay. So, now we're going to, have a lesson here in this end of the 10th chapter, all-pervading super soul, that's this right side here, right side. And you see all the glorious things of this world, uh, that's simply a spark of Krishna's opulences, and that's verse 41. Oh, you see the spark, which is the soul. If you see anything special in this world, that is a part of Krishna's opulence. Right. Okay, so now we are at chapter 11, part 1, Arjuna's request. Now he wants to see all the opulences, and Krishna is giving him divine vision. You see Krishna covering his eyes there in verse 8. I will give you divine eyes because you cannot see me with your present eyes. And I don't think we would want to see the universal form either. Arjuna could do it because he was a great devotee of Krishna. And what did he see? Look on there. Wow. Unlimited heads, unlimited arms, eyes, faces. And he was seeing all the universes in one place. So I'll read that verse 13. Arjuna could see the whole universe in one place, though divided into thousands within universal space. Right. And he forgot his friendship with Krishna momentarily. Uh, and, and so he started to offer prayers. Now, let's hear the prayers of Arjuna. First, he's describing the divine effulgence. So much light, like hundreds and thousands of suns in one place. And the sages, you see the bottom, the demigods are afraid, surrendering, and the Sages are chanting mantras. Sages are chanting mantras to this universe of form. So on the right side, Arjuna's bewilderment. He's begging mercy. He's afraid. He's seeing all the warriors are entering the mouths at full speed, being crushed between the teeth. So if you think Maya is very nice, you see the smile of Maya. Behind the smile, there's the teeth and they will eat you. <laughs> Maya will eat you if, you if you become attached. Right. So uh, now we'll go to the bottom of the right lotus, and we see some rivers 
He says, uh, I see all the soldiers rushing with full speed into your mouth, uh, uh, just like rivers enter into the ocean. So this is Arjuna's bewilderment here. And uh, there, verse 29, is like moths entering the fire. I'm going to read verse 29. All people madly rush into your mouth a blazing pyre, as moths will quickly fly into a blazing fire. So if you're ever in India and the lights go out and you have a candle blowing, then you'll hear it's a put, put, <laughs> the insects are going into the fire. So this is what's happening on the battlefield of Kukshetra. Arjuna is giving him a, a preview uh, sorry, Krishna's giving Arjuna a preview of what to expect in the movie of the Battle of Kurukshetra. That's the trailer. <laughs> That's what he's getting a preview here. In the 11th chapter, all, everyone is going, and he will say that. He will, he will explain that to Arjuna. Lesson here, no one escapes death. No one escapes death. We go to the part three of... Chapter 11, Krishna's instruction. So in the last picture, I forgot to tell you, Arjuna said, ask, who are you? We will find the answer here in part 3, verses 32 and 33. 32, he tells who he is. Time I am, destroyer of all, except for you, Pandavas, all soldiers will fall. Then in 33, he gives his instruction. Get up and fight. Regain your kingdom's government. Though I've killed all enemies, you can be my instrument. Just be my instrument in this fight. Um, So he's showing Arjuna, don't worry. The battle is already won. I've done it. I've won the battle for you. But you must fight. And be the instrument. You'll be the instrument. So that's the lesson here. Battle has already been won. We just must be the instrument in the fight. So right side, Arjuna's prayers, offering obeisances for forgiveness. He said, no, see at the bottom of that, he's eating with Krishna. He said, oh, forgive me for being so uh, friendly with you, so, so familiar. I'll read verse 41, 42. Though we've eaten together, And I've called you Krishna, my friend. Please forgive all my offenses I've committed without end. So he was a bit worried here now that he might have... This was Arjuna's fear. He was afraid that he committed offenses to Krishna. And this is a lesson. Although Arjuna is overwhelmed by astonishment, he cannot forget his friendly relationship with Krishna. He still remembers his friendship with Krishna as a friend even though he's seeing this, this dazzling form in front of him, uh, killing all the warriors, he still can't forget his friendship with Krishna. What was the first lesson we learn here in this picture? You just be my instrument. The battle's already won. Does anybody remember from the previous picture um, when no one escapes death? Good, good. And what's the last lesson here? in this picture. Yeah, Arjuna didn't forget. 
although he was bewildered, he didn't forget his friendly relationship with Krishna. Okay, we're going to go to part four. Um, this is the Arjuna's prayers on the left, more prayers. Now he's, he's um, again, begging forgiveness, and he wants to see the Lord's forearm form. You know, he's had enough of this universal form. It's too much. It's, <laughs> you can't bear it to see the universal form. Sri Prabhupada said when there was World War II and the bombs were flying, he said, I was seeing the universal form at that time. Not a very lovable form. It's Krishna, but it's not a lovable form. Not a form to love. So, and the, so we have the forearm form, Krishna's supreme form coming on the right side. We have all the way to the right, verse 50, we have the forearm form, and then finally the two-handed form, which is the most dear and the most rare. I'm going to read verse 55. My pure devotee, free from sinful activity, a friend to every entity, will surely come to me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we want to go to Krishna. Don't, rem don't remain in Maya. There we have Lord Chaitanya on the right uh, bottom of the of that big lotus chanting Hare Krishna. And if you want to know Krishna, you have to perform devotional service. Chant Hare Krishna also will give you knowledge of Krishna. Just by chanting, you will get all knowledge. That's really a very nice thing. We, can, we don't have to worry about so many austerities and penances and things. We just chant, eat prasadam, worship Krishna. Okay, we're going to chapter 12, a very special chapter, the end of the bhakti chapters. And see at the bottom what an amazing thing is happening here. At the top we have Krishna picking up his devotee, which is normal. I mean, we see this picture many times. But what's behind, who's pushing up that devotee? Is the Panchatattva. <laughs> pushing up, because we need help. In Kali Yuga, very difficult time. We need help to get out of this um, big ocean of material existence. So Arjuna asked, again, third time, which is better, bhakti or impersonalism? And of course the answer is bhakti. Bhakti's best. And that's the lesson here from this first part. I'll read verse 6-7. For one devoted to me without deviation, I deliver him swiftly on the path of liberation. So that's Krishna there picking you up if you're devoted without deviation. So why is devotional service better than impersonalism? Here's the lesson. Because it's easier and more natural according to one's constitutional position. It's according to our nature to worship, to love someone. Impersonalism is yeah, you don't love and there's no mercy. You're all by yourself trying to get to the top and that's like the material it's the material world it's the same thing you're just struggling and pushing just to keep your head above water so that that is that's why bhakti is better now if you go on the right side we have progressive stages of devotion so krishna gives a progressive path of advancement from the highest devotee, he always thinks of him to the lowest. So we go here 
here we have the slow path on the, if you see the top uh, petal, we have Carmiog, Ganyog. Again, that's the slow path which takes many births. But here on the left side, we have the fast track. Harinam Sankirtan takes you to the top immediately. So just chant. Just chant. That's the best thing. It will take you to the top. Um, right. So that is the, I'll read verse A. Just fix your mind on me with intelligence in me. Thus, without a doubt, you will always live in me. So that's the best thing. But if you can't do that, then verse 9, do bhakti yoga. You can't do that. Help the devotee. Here's somebody in verse 10. He's helping the devotee carry his books. And if you can't do any of that, okay, just do something good. Give in charity or, or do something good in this world. But best is bhakti. That's, if you do good karma, okay, that you will come back. Enjoy your good karma. But you still have to die and suffer. So it's not, not so good to do that. Right. Okay, what lesson here did we learn in the first part of this picture here? Hmm? Bhakti is best. Yeah. Why is bhakti best? It's natural. It's natural according to our constitutional position. Yes. Okay, we're going to go to the last part of chapter 12. Devotional qualities. It's all one lotus. Um, here we have Krishna showing how to be, how to worship the devotees, an envious friend of all, everyone. And then we go to verse 15. We have the hunter. You should not be the source of difficulty for anyone. He's trying to avoid the ants on his path uh, while he's reading his Guru Narada Muni. Then you go to verse 16 at the bottom. We see Srila Prabhupada at uh, San Francisco at the beginning of the movement. And he's um, completely unattached. He's equal. He's very happy, always engaged in devotional service, although he's surrounded by hippies who are taking drugs. But he's engaging them and dancing and chanting, chanting the holy name. Then we go to verse 17 on the bottom right. Um, he is neutral in happiness and distress. Then 1819 is a very interesting picture, Food for Life Iskon. This was during the war in Russia. There was a war in Chechnya, and the devotees were distributing prasadam, and both sides on the battle were coming to eat from the devotees. The soldiers and the people, both sides would, would, would stop fighting and come and take prasadam from, because nobody was feeding anybody there. There was nothing to eat on the battle. In the, in the battle in the town. And the top, um, the devotee, of course, is best, very, very dear, always engaged in devotional service. I'm going to read some of these verses. Um, verse 16. Pure expert without cares, this is Prabhupada in San Francisco. Independent of common activity, not striving for some result, my devotee is dear to me. Now, 1819, Food for Life is gone. One who is equal to friend and enemy, fame and infamy, from contamination free, is very dear to me. So that's, we have, okay, what, did we have a lesson here? No, we didn't have a lesson. Unless you got a lesson yourself. Um, and that's quite possible. So, yeah? Qualities. Qualities that attract Krishna, good. 
we're hearing about the qualities that will attract Krishna. So now it's chapter 13, uh, part 1. Left side, Chetra and Chitragya. Chetra means the field of activities, which is this material body. Chetragya means the knower of the field, uh, the soul. We are the, the soul is the knower. Super soul is also the knower. There are two knowers, soul and super soul. And um, the Chetra, the field is what it, we know. The field is the, the body. And there we have uh, in the middle of that lotus the, the senses and the elements. These are listed by Krishna there. Then in the middle we have the process of knowledge. It starts at the bottom with humility and pridelessness. You cannot learn anything if you think you're, you know it already. If you're proud, you cannot learn anything. If you know it all, how can, you, how can anyone teach you? knowledge. Then nonviolence, tolerance, simplicity, these are all very nice qualities. But if you go near the top, you will see devotion to me. It's a yellow stair. Devotion to me. Now, if just this one um, process, this one thing here, will give you all the other qualities. Just if you're devotional service, so that's the lesson here. Pure devotional service gives all good qualities. Pure devotional service. So all the other qualities will come if you perform devotional service. Hmm. Now the object of knowledge, that's on the right side, that all, that, all those petals there. The object is the soul and the super soul. You see all the, the super soul in everyone's body <clears throat> and you see the soul also there. And this is the object of knowledge. Uh, and light, Brahman, uh, is knowable and its basis is the spirit soul. Uh, super soul, sorry. Super soul. Okay. What lesson did you learn here in this picture, chapter 13? Puribhashasaras gives all good qualities. Good, good. All right, now we're in part two. You have a question, yes. Right. We need to cultivate the qualities. True. Um, so, yes, just because devotional service gives all good qualities doesn't mean we neglect being good. We should try to practice forgiveness and uh, Cleanliness, we're taught that way, we're taught. We approach a guru. Self-control, steadiness. This all comes from performing devotional service, but at the same time, uh, we're advised to practice humility in Shikshastaka 3. We had tolerate. Krishna says right in the beginning, you should have to tolerate. Tolerance, that's one of the qualities. And Krishna's advising to practice that. Telling you have to tolerate. You have to practice tolerance. And then you will actually get devotional, you will get liberated, you will get free. It will help you, it will help you in devotional service if you come to the mode of goodness. All these qualities come in the mode of goodness. Jai Gornitai, Jai Radha Madamohan, is it? And Jai Sitaram Lakshman Hanuman, Jai.
Yes, so we are studying chapter 13 for the newcomers from this book, Bhagavad Gita, at, uh, at a glance. We have a picture for every verse of Bhagavad Gita here. Now we're in chapter 13, which is about nature, the enjoyer, and consciousness. And we have learned one lesson that if you practice pure devotional service, you will get all good qualities. Okay, we're going to chapter 13, part 2, Prakriti and Purusha. So the material nature causes all material activities, and the living entity causes its own suffering and enjoyment due to misplaced desires. The super-soul is along with the soul there, but he's just uh, witnessing and overseeing, and he's the permitter. He gives permission for us to do things in this world, even though he doesn't want us to do those things. Now we see, if you go to the left lotus, now we're at the top, we see in verse 25, there's different ways to achieve uh, the super-soul. Karm, Gyan, Yoga. But in verse 26, no, who's doing these things in Age of Kali? You cannot do. Very, very difficult. So here we have a man hearing the Harinam party, chanting Hare Krishna on the street. That's the beginning of his spiritual life. Just by hearing, you can transcend the path of birth and death. So that's our process. And this is the lesson here. Simply by chanting and hearing about Krishna, one can transcend, one can achieve liberation. Right. I'm going to read verse 22 here. Living entities follow the path of life in material nature's association, thus meeting good and evil species in eternal chance migration. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Now, we heard about Prakriti and Purusha. Now on the right side, there's vision of knowledge. What's that vision? You see Brahman everywhere. <laughs> in the bird, in the turtle, in the tree. You see the Brahman, the soul. Soul is in all living beings. So, when, And if you see the super soul along with the soul, then you're not entangled in the body. And you can go to the transcendental destination. So I'll read verse 32. The soul is transcendental. That's the vision of eternity. Despite being in material nature, he has no material affinity. Right. Vision of eternity. Seeing the soul in everyone's heart and seeing the super soul in everyone's heart. That's the vision of knowledge. Okay, what lesson did we learn in the first part here of this picture? Hearing, just by hearing, we can transcend, we can get liberation. Don't have to worry about all these difficult processes that were practiced in previous yugas. Okay, so chapter 14, part one, Krishna as father. So the lesson here, Krishna is the father of all species of life. And Maya is the mother. Now, for those who worship Lord Shiva, it's, you should be, it would be interesting for you to know that Lord Shiva and Parvati give us this material body. But who gives the soul in the body? That's Krishna. We are soul, we are spiritual beings, and our father is Krishna. 
And his part, Lord Shiva, is his expanded part. He gives the material body. But the soul is given by Krishna. He says, I am the seed-giving father. I am the seed-giving father. So now we go to the modes of nature. Conditioning of the modes in the middle lotus. We have the conditioning. Now if you look on the bottom, six, we see a sage with a book. He's happy. Happiness. Mode of goodness conditions you to happiness. Gives you happiness. And the middle, mode of passion, uh, gives you uh, attachment to the fruits of action. And ignorance, there's a Yamaduta there watching over uh, an unconscious drunk guy, um, <laughs> ready to take him. This gives you madness, laziness, and sleep. So don't be in ignorance. Be in goodness. So if you go up to the right, we have characteristics of the modes. So goodness illuminates one with knowledge. We have verse 11 there on the right. Uh, he's offering uh, flowers to Ganga, River Ganga. Then we have passion, people fighting here. Uh, increases attachment, activity, and desires. And then we have the mode of ignorance on the left side. And he's just, he's attached. He's kind of lazy. He's he's eating a lot. And, and <laughs> he's not too worried about anything. Uh, he doesn't want to advance. So what, um, what lesson do we learn here in this picture? Mood of goodness is good. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah, that's why it's called goodness. <laughs> because it's good for you. <laughs> if you do mode of goodness, then you'll be happy. And you'll get knowledge. He's the father. Krishna's sea-giving father. Right. That's the lesson here. A very important lesson. Know who is your father. So here we have uh, part two of chapter 14. Left, left side is um, results of the modes. Results of the modes. That's verse 18. I'm going to read that. So then you, and you can see again who goes where. Which mode of nature takes you where. Those in goodness go to heaven. And from passion, oh, and those in ignorance go to hell. While those in mode of passion on earthly planets dwell. So don't go to hell. Don't be in mode of ignorance. Passion, you'll come back here. Uh, for how many births, we don't know. And then, um, goodness, you will go to the heavenly planets. So we have to go beyond goodness. We have to worship Krishna. If you want to go to the spiritual world, you want to go back to Godhead. Now, part uh, the, the right side cluster of lotuses is called transcending the modes. Transcending the modes. So, if you, again, if you're engaged in undeviating devotional service, you will transcend the modes. Um, so then that's described in verse 26. Um, we see the devotee worshipping Girirash on the left side. And uh, he, 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 is, he will go back to Godhead. And uh, verse 27 is talking about how Krishna is a source of Brahman. It's the effulgence of his body. You can see the effulgence around him. 
That's the Brahman. That's the light that everybody wants to go to, the impersonalists anyway. They want to go to the light. What is the light? It's the effulgence of Krishna's body. The lesson here is if you want to transcend the modes, engage in devotional service. Same message all throughout Gita. That was, we heard that in chapter 7, to go beyond the modes, engage in devotional service to Krishna. Engage in devotional service. Okay, we're going to chapter 15. Here we have a banyan tree. Verses 1 and 2. And people on the branches, and animals on the branches, and demigods also on the branches. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 of chapter 15. There's a banyan tree with upward roots. Dharma artakama moksha are its fruits. Some roots are also going down to fruit of actions being bound. Some branches are lower, some are higher, but all are situated on desire. This material tree is a dim reflection of the spiritual tree, which is Veda's perfection. So that is that is cool. We've got this banyan tree. We've got to get out. How to get out? Look at verse 3, 4 there. The weapon of detachment. And it's based on desire, you see. And the real tree is also based on desire. The real tree is a reflection. This, this banyan tree is a reflection of the tree in Goloka Vrindavan. But everyone here is struggling on this tree with the mind and the senses. Uh, and there we have uh, Bhagavad Gita carrying us again to the next life on, in verse 5. Um, freed from illusion and false association, material lust and sense gratification, surrendering to Krishna by this transformation, he goes back to Godhead, eternal liberation. Then the right side we have transmigration. Oh, uh-oh. What happens at the end of life? Well, verse 7, we've got the senses. He's struggling, the guy in the middle with a shield. He's struggling with the senses. The soul is struggling. And then above him, there's the crazy mind. You see the mind there. He's struggling with the mind and the senses. But one information we learn in this verse is um, actually a lesson here. The living entities in this world are Krishna's fragmental parts, or eternally a fragmental part of Krishna. It's not that we're going to, we're just a little piece of Brahman and we're going to merge with Brahman after this body. No, we're going to keep our individuality and go and serve Krishna in the spiritual world. I'll read verse 8. From body to body brought by conceptions of his mind, the conditioned soul wanders as aromas in air we find. Okay. So, that's the lesson here. Living entities in this world are Krishna's eternal fragmental parts. Very important that we don't merge. We don't lose our individuality when we go to the spiritual world. We remain servants of Krishna eternally. Okay, what was that lesson we learned here? Eternal fragmental parts of Krishna. Good. Okay, part two, chapter 15. We have Krishna as maintainer on the left side. How does he maintain us? He enters the planets. Here are all the planets on the top of that lotus. They're they're all 
have super soul in the middle of the planet. He enters the planets. He gives the juice of life to vegetables. Here we have the, the moon shining on the vegetables, giving the juice of life. He enters the body and he's the fire of digestion, verse 14, below that uh, picture. And uh, he maintains the subtle body by giving remembrance and forgetfulness. I'll read verse 12. From me comes the sun, which turns darkness into light. And from me comes the fire and the bright moon light. So there is on the left side, verse 12, he's the sun and the moon. Um, so now in verse 15, it describes how Supersoul causes us to remember and causes us to forget. And um, the lesson here is that he causes us to remember and forget, so we should pray to always remember him. We should pray for remembrance and chant Hare Krishna, as we learned in chapter 8, to remember him. Now, on the, the next section, uh, on the right side, we have um, Summary Vedanta Sutra, two classes of beings, fallible and infallible. Fallible are in this material world, and fallible are in the spiritual world. So that's the bottom of the lotus. Verse 16, we see the soul in the body, that there we're in the material world, then at the left side, everybody's in the spiritual world. Oh, it goes, we go up to the spiritual world there. Uh, to be with Vishnu. No, actually, that's in verse 16, yeah. Verse 16, yeah. Okay, and above these, uh, the Lord is super soul. That's, that's verse 17. And then verse 18 is Krishna. And uh, beyond all living beings, Krishna says, I'm transcendental. Worshipped by all persons as the supreme personal. Verse 18, and this is a lesson. If you know Krishna, you know everything. Lesson from this picture. So we had, to, what was the first lesson that we learned here in this picture? Knowledge and forgetfulness. So therefore we should always pray to remember Krishna. And... Um, what was the second lesson? If you know Krishna, you know everything. Yes, very good. Okay, yes? Can I explain that more? Well, if you know Krishna, because uh, if you know Krishna, Krishna means he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And, he, and you know his expansions, the three energies, material, spiritual, and marginal. So if you know all those three energies and you know Krishna, and you know also that he's, there's three parts of Krishna, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. So that means to know everything because there's nothing else besides these three things and these three energies. And Krishna, he is the source of all of them. And he not is the source, he, he's the, he includes all of them. It's all part of Krishna. All part of his body. It's all part of him. And so if you just go to the Krishna part, if you just go to the material energy, you won't know everything. And that's what the scientists are doing. They're going to the material energy. They don't know about the soul and the super soul, Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. They don't know. And so they're baffled. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to go to chapter 16. Divine and demoniac natures. That left side is transcendental qualities, all the good qualities here. For the sannyasis, we have uh, fearlessness, cultivation of knowledge. For the Ranaprastas, on the top, we're up in the top uh, part of this left lotus. And the Ranaprastas in the sitting with the trees. Uh, for the Ranaprastas, there, the quality is sacri- um, austerity. For the Grihastas, in the bottom left is the charity and sacrifice. And for the top left, Brahmachari, uh, top right, Brahmacharis, is study of Vedic knowledge. And all of the four Varnas should have nonviolence, truthfulness, forgiveness, and being non-envious. Being non-envious. Now on the right side, you see the demoniac qualities. Um, <clears throat> lust, pride, anger, conceit, harshness, ignorance, they lead to bondage. And there you see it looks like a tree, but it's an atom bomb. In uh, chapter 8, they think of things which will destroy the world. They think of, um, and I'll read to verse 8, chapter 16. They say this world's unreal, in God they do not trust. The world's produced a sex desire and has no cause but lust. So that's verse 8 over there where we have a couple embracing and that is a picture of lust. And that's what they think is the purpose of life and the cause of life. But they don't know Krishna's a seed-giving father. He's there. He's giving us life. Okay. Now, the lesson here, demonic activities lead to bondage and destruction. Demonic activities lead to bondage and destruction. So, be a devotee. Cultivate divine qualities. Now we have, um, on the left side, we have demoniac nature. Whoops, is that verse 10? Yeah, that is verse 10. That is... We're in part two of chapter 16. Verse 10, obsessed with lust, pride, false prestige to increase their enjoyment. They work so hard at horrible jobs attracted by the impermanent. So that is, uh, yeah, they're enjoying, trying to enjoy by breaking all the four forbidden principles, demonic nature. And finally, they blaspheme the Lord. There we have the devotees chanting and people are Blaspheming the Harinam at the bottom of that lotus there. Um, so results of demonic activities, you see on the right, what birth does the demon, demon give? In the top right, ooh, spider, snake, scorpion. Don't do it. Three gates to hell, lust, anger, and greed at the top there. I'll read verse 21. The three gates to hell, lust, anger, and greed should be shunned by all sane men, to a degradation of soul they lead. This is the lesson here. Lust, anger, and greed should be rejected as they lead to hell. So here we have the picture of the devotee. On the right, he's not going to lust, anger, and greed. He's going up to Krishna on the stairway. So that's where we have to go. We have to go up and not down. And don't listen to the lower self, but give yourself a higher taste of Krishna consciousness of enjoyment 
devotional service is joyful and you can also be happy by serving Krishna. Okay, what was the lesson here in this picture? Mm, right. Destruction, good. Okay, demonic nature. We did that. Chapter 17. Divisions of faith. So worship and food in the modes. So here on the left, this left lotus, on the left side, we see somebody eating. There's the devotee, he's having milk products and fruit. And the one in the mode of passion, he's having lots of chili. And the one in the mode of ignorance at the bottom there, he's having non-veg and alcohol. And uh, this, and, and we will, I will read verse... We're going to learn something here about the mode of passion, foods in the mode of passion, um, which will be a lesson. Uh, verse 9, bitter foods, sour, salty, hot. Will passionate people please? Such punch and dry fruits, foods surely cause pain, distress, and disease. So lesson here, foods in passion cause pain, distress, and disease. Disease. Foods in the mode of passion. Hare Krishna. Jai. Watch out for foods in the mode of passion. Yeah. So sacrifice in the modes is on the left side. Here we have in, in verse 11, mode of goodness, transcendental. According to duty, with respect, without expectation of reward, that is in goodness. Then at the bottom, mode of passion, he's worshipping a demigod and wanting something from the demigod. He's got a list uh, to give. I want this, I want that, I want this, and fast. And then on left, the mode of ignorance, it looks like they're offering a human sacrifice to Kali. Um, don't, yeah, don't be in the mode of ignorance. No, this is very bad. So verse 16 Oh no, that's we read that. Sacrifice in the modes. Yeah, we're not in chapter part two. What lesson? Um, oh, you here here we see also the different kinds of worship again, where you're going to go. Different kinds of worship in the modes. Yeah. Okay, what lesson did we learn here in uh, this chapter sixteen, part one picture? Uh, motive, passion, foods. What, what, what will happen if you eat motive, passion, foods? Pain, distress, and disease. Don't do it. No. Okay. Now we're going to hear about austerity in the modes on the left side. And first, verse 14, the top is austerity of the body, worshiping superiors, doing brahmacharya. Uh, celibacy. These are austerities of the body. Verse 15, austerities of the word, studying the Vedas. Uh, and uh, no, sorry, that's in good. This is um, goodness. The first three are in the mode of goodness. All in the mode of goodness. Austerity of the body, austerity of the words. In the mode of goodness is to study the Vedas, speak truthfully without disturbing others. Then down to verse 16, underneath the book, the Rishi with the book. We have um, the devotee eating prasadam. 
It's asking again, which is better, renunciation or sannyas? And Krishna says, the real renunciation is to give up the fruits of your work. Again, same thing, same question, same answer. So there's in all action, there's these five factors. And if you understand these factors, you're free from false ego and not bound by your actions. So now we have the modes of nature back again, knowledge in the modes in the left side, Mode of goodness, you see the soul in all bodies. You see the soul in all bodies. At the bottom, oh, sorry, in verse 21, you see different bodies and you think that is the person, that is the reality. You don't see the soul. In verse 22, you see the TV with your dog. Um, you don't see, and no knowledge there. You get your knowledge from the TV. That means no knowledge. That means no no knowledge. Um, then the bottom, action in the modes. Action in the modes. Oh, uh, there is a lesson in the knowledge part. Knowledge and goodness is the beginning of spiritual life. So that is the lesson we learned there. That's Brahman realization. Step one. First step in self-realization. Okay, action in the modes. In mode of goodness, you do action out of duty with detachment. And then if you go down to verse 24, uh, passion work is done with great effort for sense pleasure. Here we have a, you can see this, this picture dates our artist. The, we see this old version of a computer uh, with a very, very big screen there. Um, yeah, and then on the left side, we have action in ignorance. Um, we have uh, the snake charmer who is chasing away a devotee because she took his spot. This is an actual story, true story that happened in India. Um, one devotee lady was doing work distribution, and this snake charmer was angry with her, and he sent the snake, and the snake bit her. And she went to the next village, and another snake charmer came and chanted mantras, and the snake well, let her go. I mean, she was free from the poison. Free from the poison. So, but that's action in the mode of ignorance. So, a performer in the modes on the top right. Um, there's a devotee, he's doing book distribution no matter what. He's detached, enthusiastic, and resolute. Even somebody is not happy with his service. 27, passion, uh, yeah. 28 is the mode of ignorance, uh, gambling, cheating, always envious, morose, that's the mode of ignorance there. Okay, performer in the modes. I'll read verse 26. The worker from attachments free, indifferent to failure or success, enthusiastic and resolute, is in the mode of goodness. Jai Gornitai Radhamara Mohan Sitaram Lakshman Anaman. So knowledge, action, and the performer will go to part three. Understanding, determination, and happiness. Left side, understanding, in the mode of goodness. See this lady devotee reading Bhagavad Gita, and she's understanding what is binding and liberating, what to fear, what not to fear. What is proper work? Impassion, 
There's a guy eating food and feeding the dog under the table. And he cannot distinguish between religious and irreligious work. And ignorance, uh, there's this uh, Baba, uh, this Sahajiya in Rindavan, and he's smoking and, and he's having ladies. And he's, uh, this is, his understanding is in the mode of ignorance. You see religion as irreligion and strives in the wrong direction. Now, if you go to the bottom, lotus determination in the modes. Verse 33, we have this kid who's a devotee and he's chanting Hare Krishna. But the rest of his family are not with it. They don't like it. And so this, he's still determined to chant. That's determination and goodness. In passion, the, the, the determination, he's chanting, but he's thinking uh, to enjoy sense gratification. This is determination and passion. We don't want to do that. Then determination and ignorance on the left, verse 35. Here we have the guy lying down with his pet cat watching the TV. No determination there. No determination at all. Ignorance means not. No understanding, no determination. Uh, so I'm going to read verse 33. Unbreakable determination sustained with steadfastness Controlling mind, life, and senses is in the mode of goodness. Okay, termination and goodness. Now, happiness in the modes we see on the right side. He's, now, we see the mode of goodness, uh, the devotee top, top of that lotus. So many no's on the left side. So in the beginning, it may be like poison. But in the end, it's like nectar. He's got a higher taste, chanting and dancing, eating prasad, and so he is happy. That's happiness and mode of goodness. Passion, you go down to the bottom. In the beginning, he's happy. At the end, he's angry. And that's happiness and the mode of passion. And then in verse 39, ignorance, no happiness, no nothing. Uh, happiness, ignorance is bliss. Um, Right. So the lesson here is happiness and goodness gives ultimate pleasure. So we want to cultivate happiness and goodness. He Krishna Prasadam. That's transcendental. Now the top at the middle, there is a verse 40. No one in this world is free from the three modes of nature. No one is free. Yeah. So what lesson did we learn here in this picture? Oh, right. Good. Knowledge is the beginning. That was from the before. Yeah, that was good, though. But that was good. No, good. I forgot to ask you. That was, thank you for remembering. <laughs> and this one, uh, we also had happiness. Yeah, happiness uh, in goodness gives ultimate pleasure. Right. Now we're going back to karma yoga, worshiping Krishna through work. So all the four varnas and ashrams, they are worshipping Krishna. Through their work, you can please Krishna. You can please Krishna through your work. And so therefore Arjuna should fight. That's what the, the conclusion here, you should fight for me. He's, you see on the left side, Krishna is po pointing to Arjuna as a fighter. They for you forgot your book. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Worshipping Krishna through work. Then, all right, now the next part is worshipping Krishna through jnana yoga. Uh, offering everything to Krishna, and especially reading Krishna's books. Um, uh, Brahma Prasanatma, you start in Brahman, but the one who is in Brahman, he sees all living entities equally, and he takes up devotional service. That's verse 54. And 55 is, you can understand me by devotional service and go back to Godhead. That's the lesson here. By devotional service, one can understand Krishna and go back to Godhead. Right. So part five, surrender to Krishna. It's all one lotus here, one big one. Now left side, uh, if you want to overcome obstacles, engage in devotional service. And... Krishna is telling you, you should go and fight. If you don't fight, you're going to fight anyway because that's your nature. It's your nature to fight and you can't stop your nature. So better you fight for me and, and win. Win, uh, win the war on the uh, battlefield of Kurukshetra. So on the, now Krishna has told Arjuna so many different paths. Oh, well, let's look at verse 61 before we move on to... The left side, sixty-one. It's kind of you know. There's a there's a a man on some wheels. So that's the body. Uh, we're, we're on wheels here, and inside the body is the super soul, and he's directing our wanderings. We're the soul sitting inside there, in the front, and he's directing the wanderings. We're just like as the body is made of a machine. So here we have the machine of the material body and being directed by super-soul in heart. Now, on the right side, if you go to the very top, well, verse 65, where is verse 65? Yeah, at the bottom. Always think of me, become my devotee, and worship me, and you will come to me. So that's repeated at the end of chapter 9, Most Confidential Knowledge, and it's here again in the 18th chapter. So it means it's a very important verse if it's, you see it twice. Um, so verse 66 at the top here, you have um, now all the paths that were described by Krishna. Uh, he's telling Arjuna, forget everything, just surrender to me now. Only one thing you should do is just surrender. Of course, we got that through Bhagavad Gita, especially with the purports of Prabhupada, so we didn't have to worry about that. Just surrender to me. And that is the lesson. I'll read verse 66. Ah. Give up all kinds of religion and surrender to me. I'll free you from your sins, from all fear. Now be free. Do not fear, he says. I will protect you from your sinful reaction. Just surrender to me. I'll wipe out your karma. That's what we need to do. We need to wipe out our karma. Don't come back again to this miserable material world. Now we can see the miseries more with this, this virus going around than uh, it's, it's becoming more clear. <laughs> it's becoming more clear, the miseries of the material world. So what to do? Surrender to Krishna. By surrender to Krishna, one is free from sin and has no worries. That's the lesson here. He says, do not fear. 
We'll be free from sinful reaction. Okay, now the last part of chapter 18, part 6. Um, Arjuna agrees to fight. So on the left side, uh, we have uh, somebody... No, it's more in the bottom, on the right side. We're starting on the right side here. Someone's preaching Bhagavad Gita. Anyone who preaches Gita to the devotees will gain pure devotional service and go back to Godhead. Lesson here. If you teach Bhagavad Gita to others, you will go back to Godhead and you will get pure devotional service. So do it. Yes, teach Bhagavad Gita to the devotees. So now um, we're going right to left now. So, Krishna says, there's no one more dear to me, verse 69, than he who preaches. And then, verse 71, we have uh, liberation by hearing Bhagavad Gita. In 73, Arjuna says, yes, my illusion is now gone, and I agree to fight. So, then we go to verse 78, at the top middle, you see Krishna, Arjuna, Arjuna agrees to fight. Lesson here is wherever there is Krishna, where there is Arjuna, there will be victory. And that was what we heard in the first chapter also. But here it's also said by Sanjay. Now before we could just see from the signs of victory, but now we're hearing the answer to Dhritarashtra's question, what will happen on this battlefield? And the answer is Krishna and Arjuna will win the battle. That is the answer. So what lessons in this picture here? Did we give you a lesson? Yeah. Two. Preach Bhagavad Gita. And what will happen? You go to Krishna. You'll be dear to Krishna. And you guarantee pure devotional service also. Okay. So um, don't forget your book now. Okay. <laughs> um and there was one more lesson at the end of Bhagavad Gita. Huh? Wherever Krishna and Arjuna. And do you remember from the last picture the lesson that was there? Because I told you at the end. Yeah. No sin and no worries. Okay. Does anybody have any questions now from the last eight chapters of Bhagavad Gita? Yes, take the microphone. We can, so all of a sudden, a microphone has appeared. Oh, Hare Krishna. Could you describe the Is five factors? Of Is it working? Okay. Hare Krishna. Uh, could you please describe the five factors of action so I can understand properly? Five, okay. We'll go back to... The first picture, part one. Five factors of action. So if you're trying to analyze an activity, what, what is it made of? Any endeavor or any activity that you do in this world is made of these five factors. So the endeavor means, okay, he's, what's the endeavor here? He's playing tennis, it looks like. The endeavor is to play tennis. What is the place? That's also a factor. 
that will influence. So these five factors will influence the results of your activity. So you'll be influenced by what you're doing, where you're doing it, the place. Uh, if he's uh, trying to play tennis in Iceland in the winter, it's not going to work. He has to be in a warm place. Australia, where it's warm in our winter, it's summer there. He can go to Australia. And, uh, then, uh, and, and also the place could mean you don't want to play on the street where all the traffic is. You go to the tennis court. Uh-huh. And the senses, how, how healthy are you to do this? Is, are your arms working properly? Can you run? That's the senses. The performer. So how much, how are you determined? How are you alert to uh, play? But ultimately it's the super soul who is giving you direction from inside. Do this, do that. And if you're listening, then that will help you very much. Okay, yes, you have a question. Pass the microphone back. Hare Krishna Mataji. Mm. Could you please explain a little bit Om Tat Sat? Om Tat Sat. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a way... Oh, that's back to chapter 17. Om Tat Sat. That's an address to the Lord, meaning, Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. It's more of an impersonal address. Uh, but it's found in the Vedas. So therefore, it's mentioned in Bhagavad Gita that that's a way to purify your activities by chanting Om Tat Sat. If you're doing a sacrifice, um, if you're doing uh, austerities, if you, chant, if you do along with chanting this, then that will help you be successful. So that is what we learned from Bhagavad Gita here. So that's... Yeah. Um, Arjuna is Krishna's friend. Yes. And the coward boys also were Krishna's, Krishna's friend. friend. Right. So is there a difference between them in terms of relationship with Krishna? Yeah, okay. What's the difference between Arjuna and the coward boys? Yes, there is a difference in the relationship. The coward boys, they don't know Krishna is God. But Arjuna, uh, he knows actually. He knows. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he, the Yadus and Arjuna, they, they see Krishna... They see also his opulence, and they see also he's a friend, but there is, there's still some restrictions. With the coward boys, there's no restrictions. Krishna can, they, can, Krish, uh, they can climb on Krishna's shoulders. Arjuna wouldn't do that. Arjuna is more, there's a little bit of uh, uh, not so familiar with Arjuna. It's, there's some, some mixed with some awe and reverence, some um, opulence he can see of Krishna there. So he's, he's not so familiar. He's familiar. He eats with him, but um, he doesn't play with him like the cowherd boys. They, there's no limits with the cowherd boys. As Prabhupada gives the example that the cowherd boys climb on Krishna's back and he has to carry them. Arjuna, you know, he has a bit more, um, he's seeing him more as a king. The cowherd boys seeing him as simple friend to play with in the fields of Vrindavan. It's much uh, more familiar, more, more intimate in, in Goloka Vrindavan. There is, a, there is a big difference. There is a big difference. It's a mixture of opulence in uh, Arjuna's relationship with Krishna. 
Any other questions? Yes, okay. Uh, yeah, for the five factors of action. So The what? About the five factors of action. Five factors of yeah. action. So that uh, we're bound by reactions because as a spirit soul, we have a desire. Right. And that's what's starting all the actions, even though Krishna is sanctioning it. That's right. why we're bound by our reactions. Yes, yes, oh. yes. Yeah, we're, we're bound by the reactions because it's according to our desire. The performer has a desire. I want to play tennis. So the super says, okay, you play. But the outcome will be influenced by all the five factors, the outcome of his playing tennis. Yeah. And then uh, we hear about the, uh, like uh, in, uh, when we were describing about the universal form, hmm. uh, you were talking about how Krishna showed the f what is going to happen yeah. and he asked Arjuna to be in instrument. Right. So many times uh, when the discussion comes about the free will, uh, free will versus destiny. Fair will. Uh, free will, free will. Oh, free will. Free will versus, versus destiny. destiny. Then people quote this to say that it's already destined to happen. Then I don't, there's no free will like kind of thing. How do you understand the that properly? Yeah, okay. Free will. Yeah, the war is destined to happen. But Arjuna may not fight. That's the free will. He ha Krishna gives him the choice. Fight or not fight. That's your free will. We can... Do devotional service, we can serve Krishna or we can serve Maya. That's our choice. That's our choice. So whatever it will be, will be. But if we serve Krishna, we'll get the credit. If the, the movement will go on, despite if we leave. It will not stop because we left. Lord Chaitanya's predictions will be fulfilled. It will be in every town and village, even if we're not the ones to do it. Even if we're not the ones. Okay, anybody else have a question? Jaya Glory Shri Prabhupada.